Well, hello there. What's a smark, you ask? Well, we're a special type of fan who understands and appreciates the product on a more in-depth level than you. Or so we like to think. And now, the world's foremost authority. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. It's too late yeah. for me. I'm like Gollum and the Ring Man. I'll jump in the fucking lava. It's, I don't want to, but it's gonna happen. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Thug Life, man. Hug Life, man. Not Thug Life. What is this? Why is Bailey Thug Life now instead of Hug Life? You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, everybody, back to the show. This is episode number 72 of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Michael Newman, the Rogue of Wrestling. Join alongside the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I've got, a, I've got a little bit of a story to tell you about how, uh, finally, my knowledge of wrestling perfectly paid off in the form of a joke earlier today. Oh, this should be good. <laughs> so this morning... Um, I, I can't remember exactly how we got onto the subject, but we were talking about something involving paranoia, me and my wife, um, mm. because she was going off to her uh, job at the hospital. And I started telling her about the Usos and how they do this you know, gimmick about how, like, it's not paranoia, it's the Usos. Mm. And so she got that, and she was like, okay, I understand, and, you know, whatever. So she goes off to work. Then, coming home tonight, she's explaining, uh, you know, just various shit about her job, because she works in the mental part of the hospital, so she's dealing with, like, psychotic people. All day, every day, yeah. You know, and then she has to come and then home she deal comes with home me. to you. Yes. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> so it never ends. <laughs> but so she was talking about how, like, within this group of people, because they were all, you know, a lot of people were just were going nuts and about to get into a fight. And she was like, "And I don't know what's going on." But it's like, you know, this paranoia. And I was like, "I don't know. Are you sure it's not the Usos?" <laughs> and she laughed. She laughed. <laughs> Success. Got That's my wife great. to laugh at a wrestling joke. <laughs> There's so many times that, like, Aaron will say something, and I'm just like, oh, I want to make a wrestling joke right now, but then I'll have to explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so, finally, uh, my life is complete. Yeah, you're just done now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of done, though, I think they need to completely get rid of this, uh, co-GM idea as a story angle. Oh, God, yes. Doesn't Ambrose, because that, that was a big ball of shit. Like, the only time co-GMs have ever worked was with Austin and Eric Bischoff. Yeah, I think you're right. That's probably the only time that worked. I'm trying to even and think, like, if, if you Austin had to pick two just... people to make it work, like, right now, do you think there are two people that could make it work right now? Hmm... And I guess because we're because we had Bischoff in there, you wouldn't necessarily have to limit it to a uh, wrestler, or do you want to limit it to two wrestlers? No, I don't want to limit it. Because um... you know, I don't know, what about like a what about Daniel Bryan and Paul Heyman or something like that, or Daniel That'd Bryan a... and The Miz. Because Daniel Bryan and The Miz might be a good one. I was gonna because say because like I don't see Heyman and Bryan as like opposites yeah i don't know just because Heyman is also kind of a smaller guy but he's also mm. great on the mic but yeah actually daniel bryan and the miz would probably be the better one just because of the animosity they've built up over time exactly and that that's what made austin and bischoff work is because they played up the whole bischoff fired austin when he was in wcw mm -hmm. and so them being together and then obviously the whole like austin was leading the WWE against Bischoff and WCW during the Monday Night Wars thing, like, and yeah, and that's what made them work. So yeah, Miz versus Daniel Bryan, I think, would be a very good one. Oh, or man, you know what? I wonder, I wonder if there would be any way to like channel all of like Miz's like ability to get and produce heat, and somehow transfer it like and do some sort of thing with JBL because he's definitely got a lot of legit heat with JBL too, right? That's because hold on, past. JBL and Moro Ronaldo. <laughs> JBL Barbara. <laughs> oh my gosh. Man, JBL fucking so like I didn't even bother watching Talking Smack this week because I saw that he was gonna be on there. And I was like, Oh, it was shit. I'm not even gonna watch it. 
For some reason, they did like taped segments. What? Like none of the so, wrestlers were actually on the show. None of the wrestlers showed up to Renee and JBL at the desk. They would just throw to a video that was pre-taped. What the fuck is the point then? I know it's like that completely takes away the point of the show. <laughs> that is so stupid. I wonder if all of them were like, "Oh fuck, JBL's gonna be on there." No, just just tape me from the back. I can't be there. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> Hold on, I got this. Tape me. I got a thing. Like I gotta, you know, I gotta take like a wicked shit for an hour. <laughs> I'm gonna be able to do it. <laughs> I want to go out into the London nightlife. So, oh yeah, they're gonna be in London too. Yeah, I don't know. Well, good on all their parts for getting the fuck out of that. Because Jesus Christ, JBL just sucks. Yeah, and I th- we went like, through it last Shane, week too. Like Shane is a step down from Brian anytime he does it, but mm. JBL is like the greater step down. <laughs> yeah, JBL is scraping the bottom of the fucking barrel at this point. Like, he's just really bad. He needs to go, and I don't care that he's an asshole to Mauro Bonallo or to every other person he's ever probably ever met. Like he just sucks at his job. Just let him go home. <laughs> you know what I hate is like they won't let these things go. Like. They said that they had that new episode of Bring It to the Table, and mm. uh, well, what's his face that runs that one? Jim Rome, is he one of the new commentators? Yeah, uh, he hosts that. He's like, I'm Jim Rome, and I'm controversial because uh, I said something bad about Roman Reigns, and Corey Graves was like, I'm controversial <laughs> because I said this, and then it just goes, and he's like, and I'm JBL. And I was like, oh, fucking really? <laughs> What? So wait, is this show just a is supposed to be like a, a one-upsmanship of who's more controversial? No, no, no. It's it's a show. It's supposed to be like a shoot show, but it's not really. It's still WWE produced. Uh-huh. So like one of the things that led to the whole JBL Moronalo thing was that on that show, JBL like ripped into Moronalo for being excited for getting announcer of the year from uh, Dave Meltzer for like the Observer Awards. Well, and, good for him for deserving it. And so JBL is just a jealous, envious fuck. <laughs> yeah. And so on this one, like they were just making a joke when they were introducing themselves for the show that they're saying why they're controversial. And then JBL doesn't say why he's controversial because hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And it was just bad. <laughs> huh. Okay. This it was supposed to be bad. a joke. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was horrible. So which was worse? Was this worse or Talking Smack? Oh, that was worse. Bring it to the air was, was so much worse. Oh, you know what? Let's let's like jump Corey to some... Graves can't even save that show. That should give me an idea. I mean, he's pretty good, but I, I don't know if he's quite the uh, at a save the show level for me. No, no, no. Yeah, he's good at you set him up well, and he'll do fine. But yeah, you know what? Actually, I, Jim. I have to say, I've I've come around a little bit on Tom Phillips because I think he plays well with really? Corey Graves. Yeah, they are a good team. Because I think they're actually friends. Yeah. Well, and, they and, spent all those years down in NXT, right? Like, Yeah, that. And then I think it was um, it was either an episode of like, NXT or 205 Live. It, it had to have been 205 Live because that's the show they do together now. And uh, yeah. he, like, uh, Corey Grace brought up, he, like, made some sort of off, just offhand joke about the whole, like, Instagram thing that <laughs> recently happened. I heard that. <laughs> with him and his, like, uh, fiance. And he was, like, sending pictures to that chick. Or she was sending yeah. something to him, and he just busted his chops on the air. And I was like, "Yeah, you know what? You wouldn't fucking do that unless." And, and he, yeah, Tom Phelps was fucking laughing about it too. So it's yeah. like that's good to see too that it's like they can joke about it and just move on. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's a lot of why they have good chemistry together. And I think that's outside of like a few where they maybe have like really good antagonistic chemistry. A lot of the great commentators, the teams, they just worked well together because they like each other. Yeah, I mean, go all the way back to, like, Gorilla Monsoon and either Jesse Ventura or Bobby the Brain Heenan. It was, I mean, I think, obviously, the bigger friendship was Gorilla and Bobby, but you you definitely had that, like, fun little antagonistic side with Jesse and Gorilla. It was, oh, Gorilla, whenever he would, like, defend the faces doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all the way through, up until, like, Jim Ross and uh, Jerry Lawler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Ross and, and Lawler. you have that strong chemistry together behind the scenes, you're going to have a great presentation up front. Right. And then, like, uh, you know, some even really recent examples, too. Like in Lucha Underground, you've got 
Matt Stryker and um, Vampiro. I think they work well mm-hmm. together. And then in like the Cruiserweight Classic and stuff, like Daniel Bryan and Mauro Bernalo, that worked well that together. That was fantastic. Uh, uh, before he left ROH, Steve Carino and Kevin Kelly. Mm-hmm. And then fucking in, in the UK tournament, like fucking Michael Cole pulled some shit out of his ass and he and Nigel McGuinness did well. Yeah. Oh, and did you hear about the new British show? Is it finally getting off the uh, the floor? It's Jim Ross and uh, Nigel. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. On a regular basis, it's going to be Jim Ross and Nigel McGuinness. Yeah, whenever, like, the, the UK shows that they just taped, so they didn't have commentators there, so they're going to do post-add-in Jim Ross and Nigel McGuinness. Wow. Fuck yeah, dude. Which brings up the uh, a Karen event story. Um, so the big hype over in the UK was that they were bringing back their classic World of Sport wrestling show on ITV. Mm-hmm. And it was a big deal because ITV over there is one of the not premium channels. It's just a regular cable channel. So it goes throughout the entire country of the UK. Um, so this, is, well, this guess, has been a long time since like a, a wrestling show has been on regular British TV, yeah? Yeah, World of Sport went away a, wa- a long time ago. Um, and so they made a huge deal. They, they filmed a pilot with Jim Ross. Uh, and it sounded like they were going to get this deal with ITV. The date comes around that they're going to start the show permanently, and it gets delayed. And no one knows why. Jim Ross, in the meantime, has been signed by WWE, so obviously not going to go back and do this ITV thing. Mm-hmm. And I think WWE is making a play for this spot. Oh, because yeah. they tape some UK shows, you throw Jim Ross and Nigel McGuinness in as commentators, and if you go to ITV and you go, you guys plan to have a wrestling show from 8 to 9 on whatever night or whatever <laughs> whatever time it is, I think WWE is trying to take over uh, the UK and block out this world of sport. I mean, it's not just the UK. I think uh, the UK is right now their their biggest focus, obviously. But uh, you know, India definitely seems like that's going to be one of the ones coming up. China, and uh, I think eventually the world that is probably their goal, right? Just have a show going in. Well, they uh, right before this, we had the, the news that they want to open up performance centers all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, yeah, exactly. That's what I th- I think their their grand vision is to have. Think of it kind of like the structure of an empire, where like at the very center of it, at the very, very center of it, you have Stanford, Connecticut, the WWE main headquarters, I guess secondarily also in Florida at the Performance Center. But from there, you know, you would have like the branching tentacles of world wrestling entertainment in all these promotions throughout the world. So there would be like a British promotion, there would be a Japanese promotion, there'd be a Chinese promotion, an Indian promotion, a Canadian promotion, a Mexican promotion, like everywhere. And they would all be under WWE. It'd be like WWE, whatever country, mm-hmm. maybe even like multiple American ones, but then, or maybe just one super American one. You still have like the traditional, just like raw and SmackDown of America or something. But I think that's kind of in a way their ultimate goal. And maybe that's like a 50 years down the line goal. Oh, yeah. But I think that's their goal. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's it stems from them being the only ones at the top. And the next one down on the rung is a very, very far down second. And when you don't have that type of competition, you kind of have to like make it for yourself. So it's kind of like the challenge of, well, what can we do next? We've conquered America. Mm-hmm. Let's try to make it all over the world. Yeah. And I mean, clearly, it's definitely driven from like a you know profit standpoint. If they want to make their company bigger and to do more things and make more money, but like, I'm trying to think of it like almost of um, like one of the other benefits that could come from this is because like think about how safe WWE is compared to various indies, and then how much like how much of a good paycheck these guys are getting from working for WWE. Mm-hmm. So maybe. In a lot of ways, because like you can definitely see this, I think, from a negative perspective of the fact that it kills off a lot of independence, which it probably will and has over time. But in, in another way, it's really great because it's providing this like consistent, safe, like almost kind of certified work environment for wrestlers to keep wrestling in more and more areas because they're expanding. There's more and more places for wrestlers to come in 
under this brand where they can make a lot of money, they can be safe, you know, and get a lot yeah. of exposure. And I, I look at it this way as uh, if you get more homegrown talent out of certain places like India, the UK, China, like all over, then you can switch them around. You can be like, okay, well, we'll send these guys from India, some to the US, some to the UK. They ex- they get exposed there, switch them around again. Now they're in America, and you can kind of have this rotating uh, pool of talent from all over the world, and so they get exposed to all these different crowds, and they get over in certain places, and so they're better when they come to the the main stage that probably America will be. So, mm-hmm. yeah, especially too, because like if you, if you you know like a certain talent needs to work on a certain thing, then different yeah. areas of the world are even better to work on that. Like, all right, you need to work on your physical wrestling and techniques and striking. Go to Japan. You know exactly. how to cut a promo? Come to America. Yeah, mm-hmm. like all that sort of shit. You need to work on your flips, go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. You need to work on your uh, your brawling, go to Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's basically, so the territory system is gone. So now they got have to basically make their own. Yeah, so exactly. They would just kind of recreate their own territory system that they're just in charge of. Mm-hmm. What if what if they actually do call it like an empire or something like you'd have like the imperial championship or something <laughs> instead of world wrestling entertainment world wrestling empire world wrestling empire I can fucking see it you keep the same fucking names or the, the initials you we just called it world wrestling empire it's happening it's recorded <laughs> we we called it right now world wrestling empire uh by uh let's see 2070 world wrestling empire 2070 oh my god (laughs) although speaking of other fucking dates okay so this is a little bit of kind of a weird story um but one of my old college professors who i'm still friends with on facebook he had uh put up a message saying that there was like this dream he had the other night where uh there was like this plane crashing in the sky like up above his house and there was like all this debris and different shit flying down and there was a baby flying down but then all of a sudden like the rock was in his backyard and caught the baby. It was just like totally calm and just like saved the day. And then he's just like, so I don't know. Interpretations and my immediate thought was Rock 2020. <laughs> the Rock is gonna save the nation because the baby is America and the world. And the Rock will become elected and save the world. Now was this before or after he announced the possibility? Um, well, it was today, so I'm trying to remember, um, because he just did an interview with GQ, right? Yeah, it was, I believe it was yesterday that that came out. So, yeah, maybe it was, uh, hmm. There's been planning in in his head yesterday, and then he had the the dream last night. You know what, dude? All right, my, my ultimate dream card for, uh, (laughs) 2020. For an election? (laughs) For the election of 2020. Uh, I want, I want Johnson and Sanders. I want The Rock to run with Bernie Sanders as his vice. <laughs> I would vote the shit out of that card. <laughs> like, can I vote a hundred times on that ticket, please? I saw one friend, but it was like, oh, I bet you John Cena will be his running mate. And someone else was like, yeah, but then you wouldn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have to have somebody who actually understands politics. <laughs> so, Johnson Sanders, that's what I want. Or actually, he, wouldn't, he couldn't run under the Johnson. He would have to be The Rock. Yeah. Rock Sanders. 2020. Calling that Lay, too. Laying the smacketh <laughs> down on Congress. Oh my god, dude. Can you just... Because I would hope that he would just fucking embrace it. Because that would just win people over so bad, I would hope. Yeah. I would hope. Because it's like, he's like, Donald Trump, you've been ruining this country for four years. And I'm going to come in there and lay the smack down on your candy ass. <laughs> I'm going to take the Oval Office, turn that some bitch sideways, <laughs> and shove it straight up your orange ass. <laughs> oh, I know what it's like. You have to like take the toupee off. I'm going to take that, <laughs> that tiny little toupee. I'm going to shine it up real nice. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, especially because, like, dude, the Rocky even shaves his own head. 
So you could even say just like, shave your head, you son of a bitch, be a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I bet Trump would probably look even fucking worse with a bald head. He's probably got like a lumpy shit potato head. Yeah. Meanwhile, The Rock is looking jacked to shit in a, the Baywatch trailer. Jesus Christ. He, like, he just somehow. He, I don't know how he just always somehow continues to impress me more and more. The, the scene where they're, they're like, was it refrigerators or something that they're lifting and carrying down the beach? It was either that or it was like porta potties or something. I don't know. Yeah, or changing boots big... maybe. <laughs> changing boots. I'm gonna go with changing boots. That makes the most sense. <laughs> but who fucking knows? All right, all right. Are we done avoiding talking about the wrestling? <laughs> oh, was that what you were doing? You were trying to run away from the wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that's what we were doing. No, I thought we were just going off on the Rock because I'm. Ex- I want the Rock as president, man. I'm fucking. It's done with Trump. It, it's yeah. It's only been fucking four months. God damn Feels it! Like a year. All right, let me talk about something I'm excited about. The bar just handed the tag division its ass. Well, first of all, only good thing on Raw, right? Pretty much. I my only other positive Raw note is uh, that Wyatt should start using that suplex to the outside that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, like draping off the apron out to the outside, like that should be part of his arsenal. I think that could be a finisher. That's a good move. Well, it's good that out of three hours, <laughs> so we, we liked one match and one move. Because, like, oh my god, I don't even want to harp on this shit. Because I harp on this shit all the time. But like, just to get out of the bad shit really quick, how the fuck is Roman Reigns supposed to have scared off Braun Strowman? He was dead at payback. He was still had his whole chest tape up, and Strowman just has his arm taped up, and he just knocked the fuck out of Kalisto, and he's going to run away? Ugh. Well, also, we don't know what the fuck happened to the match with Kalisto. <laughs> yeah, that was also just, who fucking cares, I guess. Because it's like, at this point, weren't they saying now that Strowman's going to be injured and he's going to be out for a little while? Yeah, he's out for, he's going to miss, miss the next two pay-per-views. Does that mean he's missing Great Balls of Fire? I think he's missing Great Balls of Fire! Man, Great Balls of Fire is happening on my birthday. What a great named event. <laughs> Thanks, WWE, <laughs> for Great Balls of Fire. Your wife's going to be like, what do you want to do for your birthday? Watch Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, so this is a pretty shitty uh, Raw. Yes. Um, just Reigns yeah. somehow being able to make Sturman run away. After... He's got a hurt arm, so yeah, yeah, you know. Because I and guess... also, can I can I continuously play on loop? Kalisto saying, "And no one treats me like trash. Nobody treats me like trash." It's like, oh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, go do lucha things. <laughs> yeah, go do that lucha thing you do. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. he needs to, he needs a feud with somebody else. Like he needs a feud with somebody he can actually get a win over. If you, if they're gonna hey, do a real restart, one and zero in dumpster matches. That's true. He is one and zero in dumpster matches. <laughs> Good job, Kalisto. Uh, but going back over to the bar, because uh, they just yeah decimated the tag division with that. They set the match. bar. They they don't just set the bar. They are the bar. Yeah. My only complaint was I think they should have fucking beat the shit out of the Hardys when the Hardys came down too. Like just really stressed that these guys are the physical powerhouses, and they are not to be fucked with. Well, I do, I, I agree. Um, you don't want them being too much of the chicken shit heels, but there was the logic there that they literally just went through every other tag team Raw has to throw at them. So taking on the Hardys right now wouldn't be in their best interest, right? Like... Well, no, it would, because it's like, fuck them. Like... Because I think the the heels that they were supposed to be is they're just these fucking brutes, and they're fucking done with it. They're ready to just fucking lay the smack down on everyone's ass. Yeah, and, but... And then the Hardys do, do not look intimidating in the slightest. Matt looks... No. Like, he can't move worth shit anymore. So, like, anybody running away from Matt looks really bad, in my opinion. Yeah. If he was able to move as much as Jeff right now, maybe it wouldn't be as bad. But even Jeff, like, Jeff can move, but I don't, I don't feel threatened by jeff coming after me you know what i mean right 
So, but I think it was just that we've we've just gone through this exhausting match. So, see ya. We're out of here. I guess I don't know. But they could have still even just done something like they could have just grabbed chairs if they wanted to do that excuse of like, well, maybe we're not you know ready enough to fight you legitimately, but we'll hit you yeah. with some shit if you come after us. Yeah. Or you could have just had um, the Hardys not go down there if you're like, all right, the justifications are going to be too tired. Whatever. Just stand on the ramp, show up the titles, be like, hey, you guys might have beat them, but we're still the champs and we beat you. Yeah, and then that works for everybody because mm-hmm. you're right. You can't have too much of the chicken shit running away heels. It has to be that good balance. Right. And especially because at, at this point after that match, like, is there any fucking way the bar does not kick their asses and take the titles? Like, they have to win now. Yeah, they can't not they cannot lose to the Hardys after that because if they do, then I I don't know that just because then the bar would have to move on, right? Yeah, and the bar has to get the titles. I think they have to at this point. Yeah, and even if they they take the titles and the Hardys continue feuding with them, that's fine. But once you go through every other tag team, like it's pretty much guaranteed, and as dominant as they did, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was not a accident that they won. <laughs> no, um, they pretty much beat everyone up. And I, I, I like the uh, the booking of this too, with the order of the mm-hmm. teams coming out. And it was nice too, you know, like the advanced sort of thinking of planting the stuff with like our truth and gold dust because it's like that's a team you would know would never win. But at least yeah. in this way, they built it up enough so that there was like that little those couple hope spots that then felt like a little bit more of a hope spot, even though you know. They probably, you know, most people still think they probably weren't going to win. Yeah, but I think you plant in people's heads with, like, what they did on SmackDown with the uh, Fashion Police. Is you plant that thing in people's heads with, you know what, they could just fucking do it, so. Yeah, because then people could have been thinking, it's like, well, you know, maybe R-Truth and Goldust will win now, but then the bar will beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Yeah, because that could happen. Like, Mm -hmm. they could just be mad that it's like, shit, we beat everybody else and you guys stole our win. Fuck you, we're going <laughs> to make an example out of you. Yeah. And then ha- the, fucking even take them out of action. Like, that could have been a storyline they would have done. Is like, well, they're the number one contenders, but now they're too injured to fight. Because <laughs> and we Sheamus were, and we Cesaro the killed them. Took them out. Yeah. Right, and then it's like, so we were the ones that took them out, so give us the title shot. So, yeah, they could have they could have gone that way. Mm-hmm. So, good job, WWE. That was probably the best part of Raw. The yeah. tag turmoil match. Or gauntlet match. Yeah, gauntlet. Um, but SmackDown, we had um, a couple of couple interesting things. I, I have one big question to open up with you. Um, sure. What were the Ascension doing in that closet when the Fashion Police found them? Yeah, I don't want to know. <laughs> there was just, a lot of grunting. There was a lot of grunting and, and smacking. And, 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 and Yeah, so they were supposedly getting hyped for a match, right? I guess so. But the match wasn't booked yet. <laughs> well, maybe they they just uh, were getting hyped in case they would have a match. <laughs> like they just they just sit in that closet and they just pound on each other, hoping that they get called for a match every single week. <laughs> hoping some team comes that happens to open up the door and be like, "What are you guys doing?" And then be like, "Okay, we're having a match." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> they're like these weird um. This like couple that that acts like they want people to watch them, but then whenever somebody does, then they get mad and attack them or something. <laughs> like they're just like these weird psychotic group of people. Although honestly, at this point, I think should they rename themselves the Dissension, like the Descension, <laughs> not like Dissension as in a like a group falling apart, but just like free falling downward. Yeah, because they they've ascended up to the main roster and now they're gonna descend back to NXT. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Ever since they've come up, I, I don't know if they've ever won a match. Maybe, no, maybe like maybe like one when they first got here. I don't know, <laughs> but but past that, these guys just I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> just Neither these, do I. They're just these fucking losers. Um, but we got all sorts of other weird shit. Like we got uh, Woody Allen, Sami Zayn. <laughs> As the strat- six-man tag team strategist gimmick. <laughs> what do you think well, of Well, they're this? just continuing his gimmick from Raw, right? Like, he's yeah. the annoying one out of these, 
like teams and everyone else just leaves them yeah and it's 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 a weird case because i actually think it's fucking hilarious and i love it but at the same time i think it's probably not good for his character and i think most people don't like it (laughs) I think it's good, too. Like, I'm sorry. I find an entertainment in it, too, because I've heard the interviews and stuff. Like, uh, Kevin Owens has said, like, that's how Sammy is when he's putting together a match. Mm. Like, he's just going from A to B to C to D to D, like, all really fast. And everyone else is just like, what are you even talking about? Like, <laughs> and, like, throwing out crazy ideas and things like that. And so I think that's what they're trying to get across here. But to a... a regular fan they're just like well that guy's a loser yeah so that that's my question do you think um how do you think this is coming across to most people do you think it's coming across poorly like that i think it is but i i don't know because he still comes out and gets good reactions so yeah because i mean it could be that he gets a good reaction in spite of that yeah you know, there's just still so much goodwill so towards just... his character and his matches that it's like we still love you even if because I don't know, like I don't really talk to that many other people who are wrestling fans, so I don't get like a great opinion. Because I don't go on social media either, so I don't really, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what most people are fucking saying about this various shit. Because honestly, I don't care. But I do mm-hmm. wonder, like, <laughs> whether most people think it's entertaining, like us, or if they look at that and they're like, "Wow, he's a fucking loser." Well, yeah, like all of my friends are pretty much all hardcore fans like us, so it's tough to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to say because I don't. Yeah. I think it's funny, and I think it's it's a good little identity, and I think it's one of those things that like the the promos in themselves are entertaining, and there's so many different variations you can do because you can have different guys in that team. So I don't know. I like it, but uh, something I really yeah. did not like is uh, that fucking Mojo Rally backstage tour with the kids. What, <laughs> what the, the fuck? fuck was that? What the fuck was the point of that shit? <laughs> I thought he was gonna punt a little child. <laughs> Oh my god. Dude, like, also. <laughs> so he brings them back there just to show them. It's like, hey, this is the statue. Yep, that's yeah. it. And then the fucking and then kid kicks him. Kicks him. <laughs> and then he just says, that's funny and let's go. Like, well, does first, WWE there's not. A long, there's a long pause there where I think he was contemplating beating the shit out of this little kid. <laughs> <laughs> but either, either way, okay, so either he is going to beat the shit out of a little kid or he's going to encourage this little kid to go around kicking people. Both of these are bad. This didn't do anything for anybody. Also, why the kids? Why do these kids want to go look at this thing instead of like watching SmackDown? Aren't they supposed to be there at the arena, like to watch SmackDown? (laughs) Did he kidnap these kids from their parents? (laughs) Mojo Raleigh, did you kidnap these children and force them to come look at your statue? (laughs) Whole bunch of parents are reporting missing kids and. Oh my gosh! Like, I I don't know. I guess the weirder thing for me is, uh, do they even have any plans for Mojo Raleigh at this point? They just kind of no. like had him win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and uh, he he needs to keep bringing Gronkowski to these shows. It's the only way he's gonna get pushed. Yeah, because it's like they were starting to do the thing with him and Jinder until they just decided to make Jinder the number one contender. <laughs> so that that they dropped that by. I'm wondering if the, do you think they're trying to hold off and they want to do a feud with him and Zack Ryder? Like if they want to split up the um oh my god, the hype bros. Yeah, I mean that's the only feud I can think of him having right now. Yeah, cuz I feel like the the last thing I had heard about the hype bros like from both of those guys is they were sort of saying that the hype bros is over and um there's been like these different videos on WWE's YouTube. I don't know if you've seen them with Zack Ryder and his comeback. Yeah, the Z true comeback story now. Yeah, 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 that one. Uh, where he's talking about how he wants to be WWE champion. Which is not going to happen, but he wants it. So I, I'm thinking that means he might strike out in singles again. Probably. Because I'd like to see maybe like a, a feud with him and Mojo. Like real brief. Have maybe Ryder go over Mojo. Because I don't, I don't know. I think... Ryder doesn't have as much time, and you might as well try and get what you can out of him for now. Mm-hmm. And Bojo's really not ready for a whole lot yet, in my opinion. And I mean, Ryder's been on top before, so you could well, give some advice to Mojo. 
What are you considering the top that Ryder was on? I'm sorry, like <laughs> United States title top, so... Oh, okay, yeah, so he he got into the middle, it, that's right. Intercontinental. <laughs> that's true, he did get the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania, that was pretty good. Um, so yeah, he, he got right up into the top of the mid-card. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be... I think it'll be fun to see him come back. Um, but what about Rusev coming back? Do you think they're going to give him a title shot here? What's this what do you is think a they're really do? weird one, right? Because I mean, I wonder how much geez. of this is reality blending in. Like, do you think Rusev is legitimately pissed and trying to? Like, obviously, this storyline is okayed by WWE, but like, do you think there's a little bit of backstage politicking of him trying to be like, "Hey, I want you guys to fucking make me do something, otherwise, I want to quit." Nah, I think this is completely. This is completely them. Yeah. So then, why, he's, why is he hurt right now? So that's why he's not on oh, screen. So I think it's okay. like to explain. I didn't know he was hurt. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's recovering from something. I forget what it was, but uh, yeah. So I think it's just to explain like why he hasn't been there yet. Like, because he got drafted to SmackDown, and then it was like, well, where is he? So it's like I'm not mm-hmm. coming until I get a title shot. <laughs> okay. Cool. So then, that that combined with um. Jinder already getting the visual pin on Orton and just the fact that, I don't know, there was a part of me that was starting to think they might put the title on Jinder for a little bit. Right? I'm having the same thought too. Like, just just for the idea of, like, that the same reason that they're pushing Jinder in the first place is because they want to get Indian people into him, I guess. And, like, they did the same stupid shit with Great Kali, and they put the title on him's lumbering ass, so... At least Jinder can work, so... Yeah, at least, work, <laughs> at least Jinder can work a lot better than Kali, that's for sure. And can deliver a lot better promo than Kali. But then again, so can we. And we've never wrestled before. <laughs> so, you know. Really low bar. Really low bar for Kali. <laughs> like, you can walk over that bar without, like, raising your feet at all. Which is something that the great Kali can't do. <laughs> Um. Yet, him taking the title though throws this whole wrench in. Like, so is Rusev actually getting this title shot? Like, or are they going to be like, no, Rusev, you have to fight like everybody else to get this. Uh, to get the title shot, like you can't just be given it. I'm wondering. Um, did he did he ever specifically say WWE title shot, or did he just say title shot? I can't remember that. Because maybe they would try and, because maybe they would try and do something with him in the U.S. title again. Mm. Like you didn't specify, so you get a shot at the U.S. title. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I could see that. Because then again, I could also see that just they keep the title on Orton, and then uh, yeah, maybe they do Orton and Rusev at least for one mat, one pay per view. Um, another positive for. SmackDown was I thought Kevin Owens coming across as the top champion. Yeah, dude, I think Kevin Owens has been doing a and you know what? I think Kevin Owens and Miz have both really shown, I think in this last year, so much of what a lot of other guys have said about like the guy makes the title. Because the way that these guys carry their titles, they do make those titles. Oh yeah. I I it is an extreme uphill battle for a title to make a guy. Yeah, but and it's like, it, and then you see even exactly by comparison in the same show, does Randy Orton give a fuck about that WWE title? No. No. It's just the fucking belt that he has. <laughs> He's like... You could probably, like, you could probably give him the United States Championship and he would walk out thinking it's the... <laughs> yeah, I mean, and in his case, it's like, I guess it's probably hard for him to get excited. He's won the thing so many goddamn times. He, yeah, I think he's in the double digits, right? Like... Yeah, I think he's like 12 or 13 at this point. Yeah. Like, it's just insane. But yeah, um, I thought Kevin Owens came across really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin Owens has been knocking out of the fucking park, dude. And, and especially, I, I mean, he's got a harder time of raising that U.S. title because you do have a present WWE Universal, or no, I'm sorry, WWE Champion on SmackDown. And not like... Uh, Ambrose being able to say, like, look, I'm the only champion here. <laughs> right. Lesnar isn't, so. 
Yeah, exactly. He has to he has to share more screen time. The other titles there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Although it, it is kind of fucking funny too that like um just like the way these title matches are set up for this pep fucking pay per view coming up because you've got Kevin Owens and AJ Styles going after the U.S. title and it's like mm-hmm. you know Owens I think probably at this point arguably would be the top heel on SmackDown like as far mm-hmm. as like actual heel um, yeah. and then AJ Styles I think is the top face at this point on SmackDown yeah so you've got like and the top face and the top US heel <laughs> going after the mid card title. You've got Randy Orton, who still, he's getting, like, okay cheers sometimes. I think people get really excited to see RKO's. That's really it. Yeah. Um, and there's just there's just always a certain section of the crowd that does like Randy. Like, it's true. Um, but then... I mean, he's, he's a good wrestler. Like, you can't... Yeah, he is, he is good when he wants to be. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Jinder is starting to get a, a few boos, but... His character is still so weird, man. Like, <laughs> it's it's just so overly simplistic and just uh, xenophobic. I don't know. I so just I think it's say, so lazy. I, like, I did like the, uh, at one point, he was standing there and the Singh brothers were standing behind him. And they were kind of angled at the perfect spot where it made Jinder look like so much bigger than them. Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, he like they're the perfect. Them. Yeah, it was like the perfect position of them just to see like how big he is compared to those guys, and so that's what I thought that that was a great little like, mm-hmm. like I don't know, uh, camera working mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, actually, you know, there's there was another really good camera angle that kind of helped show off his size too. There was um when they were setting up the six tag uh, six man tag in the beginning of the show when the heels were kind of retreating. You yeah. got to see Jinder next to Baron Corbin. He's like the same fucking size as him. Mm-hmm. And it's like with Baron Corbin, like that? it's a lot easier to understand. Like you know how big he is a lot of time, but Jinder, you don't always quite understand. And it's like, oh shit, like he's the well, same size I think as it's... that guy. Yeah. And then Kevin Owens being the smallest out of the three. <laughs> <laughs> how many times does that happen? Uh, yeah, not not a whole lot. <laughs> Although, I mean, he's, yeah, not a lot. <laughs> he's got a lot of size. Um, but, yeah, I thought we've, I don't know, there's so much more exciting things on SmackDown. Like, compared to Raw, it's just, it's a lot more exciting. Oh, my God. And it goes by so much faster. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, you know what? A couple, a couple other things just to go quickly on SmackDown here. Um, I thought Ziggler was trying a little bit of something new in his promo. Like, he, it felt a little bit more... Like he was digging into some more of his legitimate frustration with like the crowd and where his career is gone, and that like he's he's trying less to be the cool heel. Yeah, and he's and trying to actually be an actual heel. It it actually there it, it reminded me slight shades of like two thousand eight Jericho of trying to do like a little bit more like the slow talking, like I'm gonna say my shit that's like mean. Go ahead, crowd, boo me. Like, I'll call you out on your stupid crap. Like, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. A little bit. And I think I also like his little jokes where he's like, I've been here eight years. He's like, it feels like 12, though. Mm-hmm. It's because he's been eight years as Dolph Ziggler, but the extra four were yeah. from when he was the <laughs> caddy and then the spirits. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna get to see him and Nakamura coming up soon. I think that'll be fun. I like I I have to say I've I've liked their build besides calling Nakamura Michael Jackson. And I you have to really give Ziggler credit for that. Like he's been having to really carry that feud. That's true. He really is having to carry it and because Nakamura doesn't say much. Mm-hmm. I do think at this point they do need to give Ziggler a little bit more in this feud. He needs to get the upper hand on Nakamura, and that'll I assume that'll happen next week. As sort of the go home to put mm-hmm. people, you know, a little bit of doubt in people's heads. Be like, oh man, can Nakamura make it? Yeah. Like if Ziggler tries to injure him or something next week. Or just ca- causes Nakamura to like, I don't know, takes him out, leaves him laying in the ring or something like that. Yeah, like leave him laying in the ring or like attack him backstage. Just something so he's not 100% uh, mm-hmm. for backlash. But my, my last uh, question for you from SmackDown is uh, after watching the Eric Rowan and Harper match and just thinking, like, I don't know where either of these guys go other than feud with each other if they're single stars, 
do these guys need to come back together as a tag team? I think survive? so. It's the only way they go anywhere besides just feuding with each other. Yeah, unfortunately. I think they uh, they missed... Which sucks because Harper... <sighs> I so didn't close. We, we were fucking saying it, man, leading up into WrestleMania. They missed the boat with this guy. Yeah. They should have fucking put him into the program. But, dude, could it have been any fucking worse than that shit? <laughs> they did. Actually, yeah, wait, hold on. Is it a good thing that he wasn't involved in that WrestleMania program? <laughs> maybe. If they weren't going to change that shit at all, then maybe it's a blessing in disguise he wasn't in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, he can still recover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think, yeah, at this point, those two just need to get back together. And the, the SmackDown tag division could use them. Yeah. And it's not that you can't have them do singles matches from time to time. You obviously still could. Mm-hmm. But yeah, put them in the tag division. That's a good direction for them. They could be one of the top heel teams in that division. And you don't even have to do the Wyatt family kind of stuff. Just have them as two big guys that are in a tag team together. Yeah, just have, I don't know, they can come up with their own little name together. And, you know, Luke Harper can do the talking for him. The little bit of talking Yeah, that they would do. And uh, just, you know, be, yeah, backwards scary people who kill people. <laughs> and then Eric Rowan wears his weird, uh, like, steampunky demon sheep mask. That he talks to. That he talks to, of course. <laughs> yeah, these guys need each other. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but on 205 Live, we've got, uh, apparently, Austin Aries needs his new honor guard as Jack Gallagher pledges a Wookiee life debt to Austin Aries. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess a, not a Wookiee life debt, a, a Wookiee until uh, Extreme Rules debt. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's when he's going to cash it in, right? Right, yeah, he's going to be fighting. Um, so I think at this point, this would probably be Austin Aries is going to go over, finally. I think at Extreme Rules. Yeah. Would be my well, guess. He, finally, he can finally have like evened up odds, right? You don't have to worry about TJP because you have Jack Gallagher on your side. Right, Jack Gallagher can even the odds and take him out. Unless, I'm wondering if it's going to like devolve into a, um, I don't know. You know what, actually, this, yep, this would be perfect. Because you can have Austin Aries win, and maybe even part of the angle, because they've got, they've got a couple weeks until Extreme Rules, right? Like at least a month or so? Well, yeah, because uh, Payback, or I'm sorry, Backlash isn't until next week. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so it's probably like the middle of June or something like that for Extreme Rules. And at this point, they're starting to tell the story of TJP saying like, hey, I want my title shot now, Neville. And then Neville keeps making him like jump through the hoops. So I think you could start, you could continue to build on that story with even having maybe like Gallagher and Ares start to point out to TJP just how much he's being used. Mm -hmm. So then come the pay-per-view... When, you know, you've got, like, Gallagher and you've got TJP in the corners of the champion and the challenger. Like, at a kind of a crucial moment, TJP could be like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm not helping you because you keep denying me the title shot. If you can't win this match on your own, suck it. And then Aries wins. Something yeah. like that. Like, because if, if the odds are getting evened now, then, like, him aligning with Neville isn't as uh, lucrative as it used to be. <laughs> so then, yeah, he could just be like, fuck it. If you're not giving me the title shot, I'm not going to help you keep the title. I'll let you lose, and then I'll challenge Aries. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, just to give it a different spin, right? Instead of the expected thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that'd be cool to kind of have like the heels turn on each other. You know, why not? <laughs> and then you've got Aston Aries. That would be a little nice boost, and you've got some more feuds to go with from there. Um, yeah, but 205 Live. The other thing we had uh, was the Kendrick and Tozawa feud, which they were billing this as supposed to be like the end of their feud. But then... Oh, uh, it's definitely not. Tozawa wins the match, and then Kendrick beats him down. So I was like, okay. But then Kendrick in his little promo was like, this is the last lesson I'm giving to you. So I was like, "Is guys, can you just tell us whether this is supposed to be the end or not? <laughs> <laughs> now we're going into advanced studies. <laughs> yeah, now it's 102. That was the just the first semester. Now it's yeah the four year college of uh, Zawa and Kendrick. Then you got a master's degree after that and PhD. Yeah. Oh God. And then you've got a publisher but... parish, <laughs> right? 
Oh, exactly. Um, but uh, something that's definitely not perishing is NXT. This was the shining star of this week's this made, program. Yeah. This made my week. Otherwise, I was going to come on the show and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're just like, fuck it. Wrestling sucks. Done. <laughs> life sucks. Wrestling sucks. <laughs> Man, life sucks. Uh, but yeah, no, in NXT, we got, um, we got a, uh, let's, let's go into the, the bad and the good of the Nikki Cross interview. Yeah. So I, I felt the problem with this interview was that like, she didn't have this like straight path kind of to go down. Right. Like I felt like she would like steer away from the point of like, you're supposed to be concentrating on this whole thing with uh ruby riot you now have like a rival so to speak but that wasn't coming across at times i don't know i thought i thought at least the um the point of her being obsessed with the rivals of ruby riot and oscar that came across really well because she kept like uttering their names and asking where they were it was just i think my biggest thing as far as a good point is that i think there's a good solid foundation of her having this crazy character that like does seem really unhinged but then there's like this sort of same weakness in that she hasn't been playing this character for that long so sometimes the crazy comes off as really forced and sloppy well it's also like this is the first time she's talking about the character right yeah i think this is the first like longer speech thing because i think the only thing i can think of before this was that one time she had grabbed that mic at ringside and was just saying ruby a couple times yeah this is like the first like promo promo so you've only had Eric Young talking for you, mm-hmm. and now you're kind of thrown into the deep end, and so. Right. So then, yeah, there was a couple moments that, you know, like, I think her kind of pawing at the <laughs> the fucking boom mic was, <laughs> like, there were part. I don't know, it was, like, in a weird way, it was kind of interesting because, like, well, I haven't seen anybody do that before, so that was a unique thing. But then at the same time, like, it was done, like, it was just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I don't know. There's... It, I have to say, there's a very personal thing about her that just, like, very weirds me out sometimes, because she reminds me a lot of my ex. <laughs> she reminds me a lot of Rachel. Do you remember her? Really? Yeah, of course. I, I don't know. Rachel. There's a, there's a weird thing about her. I don't know. Hmm. I'll have to, I'll have to look out for that now. I think it's maybe the similar stature, and I think it's something, too, about, like, that, uh, you know what? I know what part of it is. Because I was talking about how I think that uh, Nikki Cross sometimes tries to, like, force the crazy and make it seem like she's crazier than it is, mm. than she is. Rachel did that shit all the time. Yeah. She liked to try and make people that think that she was tougher than she was or crazier than she was. And it was but just that like... she was a Slytherin. <laughs> that she was a Slytherin? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. I have to branch for just a second. I think it's fucking pathetic. Anybody who thinks that they want to be a Slytherin or think that being a Slytherin is cool. Yeah. Just simply because of the fact that in JK Rowling's whole Harry Potter universe, like the Slytherins are painted as nothing more than uh Nazi esque fucks. Like <laughs> all of them are just straight evil and dumb and weird. Like, I don't know why anybody would want to be them anyway. <laughs> Hufflepuff and proud baby. Hufflepuff's a lot better. There was some, there was some sort of fucking meme I saw a long time ago of uh like somebody saying that it's like you know what the real truth behind Harry Potter is that uh Helga Hufflepuff like was you know seeing like crazy ass arrogant Gryffindor and crazy ass arrogant uh Slytherin and crazy ass arrogant Ravenclaw and she was like fuck I want the ch- all the chill ass wizards <laughs> I'll make my own house where we all just hang out and eat cookies and have a good time. <laughs> None of us are involved in like battles with dark wizards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Oh. That's that's the fucking most genius thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, to come back, come back to uh, Nikki Cross. Um, yeah, I just think the gimmick needs some refining, but yeah. there's a good foundation there. Yeah, and I think going against Ruby having that sturdy rival will be uh, good for the character. Mm-hmm. Especially because, um, I don't. At this point, do you think? What do you think they're going to do with the title? So I think they're going to give Oscar it to Cross. Goes up and then relinquishes it. Oh, just straight up leaves undefeated. Yeah. No way. No, that would be bullshit. 
They've done it before. Oh, they can't do that. An undefeated streak? They can't just leave that undefeated streak. Oh, I'm sorry. They they haven't left an undefeated streak, but they've had someone go from NXT to the main roster and then just relinquish the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did that with Paige. Mm-hmm. But Paige wasn't undefeated. I think they they have to. I, I think at this point, because this is what I would think, they I think they would give it to Cross. Like, Cross would pin Riot, probably. And then mm, maybe you would and then have... have it be Asuka never got pinned. Right, and then maybe, like, you know, just different shit is, like, preventing her from getting the title back. Like, you can do a lot of sanity DQ sort of stuff to basically wait. And then I think you could have, like, Ember come back, beat Nikki for the title, and then you have Ember maybe defend against Asuka, and then beat Asuka, yeah, and Asuka leaves. Yeah, because those two need to have another match before... Oscar goes up. Yeah. You know what? Maybe maybe to kind of help stall for time, you could have Asuka just like after she loses the title just for a couple of months or weeks or something. If you need to stall for time, she could just fucking not be on TV because she's like so broken and mad that she lost the title. Yeah, just do vignettes of her just like sitting in a room by herself. Just like. Like just going crazy and thinking about yeah. how she's going to come back and kill everybody and take her title back. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be cool. She's got, like, attack plans on a board somewhere. <laughs> she, yeah, she's got a big... Oh, my God. She could even have, like, a Deadpool-esque, uh, like, the thing where she's, like, tracking down the different... Oh, my God. It could be, like, through Sanity because Nikki Cross has the title, so she's, like, trying to go through... It's like, where's Nikki? <laughs> oh, wait, no. It would be in uh, Japanese, so she'd be like, Nikki wa doko desu ka? <laughs> and then Killian Dane would just be like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, she just has like Killian Dane and Alexander Wolf like tied up in a basement just kicking the shit out of them. <laughs> kicking them in their heads. <laughs> and then doing running ass attack. <laughs> yep, alright, I'll watch that. Uh you know what I'll also watch is mm. this Roderick Strong versus uh Hideo Tommy match all day yeah even if you can't remember his name yeah <laughs> yeah this is this is pretty good um i gotta say i especially i love face versus face matches yeah and especially the just the like who's better that's all you need to know mm-hmm. yeah there's that is the thing that's kind of great about face versus face matches like you can't do it all the time but you can do it sometimes where it's just a great simple fun story of just who's fucking better because, like, it's it's great to have that face versus heel dynamic, you know, the drama of that where you really want one guy to win. But sometimes it's just great to fucking see, like, you know, two dudes with the most simple fight philosophy of these guys are both fighters who want to win. Yeah. And obviously you shouldn't do overdo it, like, but just every once in a while, face versus face is fine. Same thing with heel versus heel. Well, then I, I think it's in a way it almost kind of forces people it, when they're really good performers um if it, it forces them actually to become their character more because you're not relying so much on straight heel versus face stereotypes mm-hmm. that flavor your character to become more bland yeah because you're well, not relying on that you're 100 percent just oh i have to be my character if i'm telling a story here and in this match you saw that they're really trying to push now and i think it's been one of the negatives on Roderick Strong is they're trying to push the him being the king of the backbreakers thing. Hmm. Because I think he brought out that more in this match than he has in any other match. Yeah, I would say so. Especially just as far as like really innovative backbreakers too. Like you know, yeah. doing a lot of different yeah, ones. He, he did the power bomb into the backbreaker one, which I don't think he's done in NXT yet. Mm-hmm. Um and you had the commentators put that over. I think it was like Nigel was saying. Like, that's why he's called the King of the Backbreakers or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and two, they were building up the, you know, just like how hard Roddy's fighting and how he's fighting for something new. And even mm-hmm. though he lost, I think like, it was really great to see, like, you know, how long and how hard he was fighting. Like, at the end when he was, like, standing up there trying to go after Hideo, but he was, like, just gone. Like, there mm-hmm. was nothing left in him, but he was still standing up and trying to fight. Like the just that image of the fact that he could still or was willing to go even when he was that beaten, like I don't know, somehow kind of saves you a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think it 
this has been a, a buildup of we haven't done much with him so far. So we're like, we're pushing him now. We had the videos like and then now he gets to do a program of sanity. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now he gets to do his program of sanity. <laughs> so at this point, so I guess he will probably go back and get no way Jose again to join his cause. But um, I don't know who else. Maybe I guess he could pick up Cash Sono again. Yeah, they could grab him, or maybe uh, maybe Drew Galloway. Maybe Drew Galloway comes in to help and cleans up Sanity. Maybe, or Cause maybe because he, he beat Cien Almas and he doesn't really have anybody to fight right now, right? Because uh, <laughs> wait, the the oh wait, no, that's right. He's gonna be fighting Wesley Blake. <laughs> That'll be I was a like, doozy. Oh shit, he's still with the company. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like wow, that's a miracle. <laughs> Is Wesley Blake going to be the new JTG? Where you just keep finding out, it's like, hey, wait, he's still with the company? There's going to be a website of how long he's had a job. Do <laughs> um, you think Roddy maybe brings in uh, Alistair Black? Maybe, I don't know. I kind of want them to, I, I really want Alistair Black to be a heel. Like, I think he can just, oh. <laughs> he, I think he's so fucking cool, man. <laughs> I loved that they had the the jobber he he went up against like be like almost as big slash maybe bigger than him oh no he was definitely bigger yeah yeah he was definitely bigger than him so that i thought that was like a nice story of like alistair's not just taking out guys smaller than him mm-hmm. yeah i i really want alistair black to be a heel but like you know not a chicken shit heel he needs to be like a almost an undertaker-esque heel like he's just like this in his mind, like he is not anywhere near the other wrestlers. Like he's almost kind of beyond human. Yeah, he's because he's immortal. Yeah, like not, maybe not even the same way of like the oh I'm a straight up like actual zombie immortal guy, but like the, he's so like into the esoteric and the demonic and the satanic that it's like I'm, you know, I identify with so much more than my human body. Like I'm this like demonic entity somehow. Like I don't know. <laughs> No, yeah, I definitely see that. Because, like, I mean, they're definitely trying to, de- you know, channel all the demonic shit, like, you know, with his music and his entrance, like, coming up off of the ground. You know, the fact that his name is Alistair, invoking Alistair Crowley. Like, mm. you know, it, it's definitely there, the occult element. And I would just, because I hate how much fucking people get neutered when they're faces, so I want him to be a heel. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. I am not WWE's like creative target fan base because i i like the heels and i generally don't like the baby faces <laughs> like just straight as far as characters like if this is like oh well this is my show and if the crowd reactions weren't there then i'd be like oh this is you're supposed to cheer this guy and boo that guy because <laughs> this guy's a fucking annoying arrogant prick cena da, 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 da. <laughs> and then cheer this guy because he's willing to work so fucking hard that he'll even cheat to win a match <laughs> kevin owens <laughs> yeah he fights for his family. <laughs> I don't know. But then again, I fucking love Sami Zayn. And he's such a good baby face. I think it would crush my heart if Sami Zayn or Bailey ever turned heel. But almost everybody else, I would love to be heel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just have everybody be heels except for those two. Hey, baby Becky Lynch. She can stay baby face too. <laughs> Uh, all right i think that's it for this week uh yep uh, oh my last note just from uh uh they're setting up the uk match at um the next nxc takeover and it is going to be oh yeah done coming after tyler Bate. tyler Bate. Should i think be a good one. Oh, i think pete dunn is getting that title mm-hmm and i'm trying i'll have to go back and see but i feel like i called something like this right out of the championship um show that we did we're saying that it's like hey you know what tyler Bate may have won this time but he's just keeping that title warm until he fights peter dunn again and this is the first time they've fought since then wow because pete dunn he's the fucking future of that division baby he's so good yeah he is he, he's what made those great britain britain shows yeah, and I would really like to see him and McIntyre at some point. Fuck it. 
Book it. Let's do it. All right. That's pretty much going to do the show. All Maybe right. This week then, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to go pass out. <laughs> All right. Uh, so catch us on social media, on Facebook, Super Smart Brothers, Twitter, at Smart Brothers, and shoot us an email, supersmartbrothers at gmail.com. And rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. All hail the World Wrestling Empire. <laughs> <laughs>